passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, of course, following the podcast here. Tucker Bag will join me in a few minutes to talk about the Eagles as we get set for the Eagles-Vikings tomorrow night. What a quick turnaround. I mean, I'm sitting here in an office saying this. Obviously, the players have a a, a more difficult task to go and play a football game on Thursday night after a physical one on Sunday, especially for the Eagles' defense. They were on the field for 80 snaps. But it's the Eagles' offense that I want to talk about today because my antenna is up on something, and it's part history. It's also part just reality of the NFL. And what we saw on Sunday, and the Eagles won, which is obviously – the most important thing, and they figured out a way, and they and they they got a victory in a game they didn't play well. I mean, you look at the numbers. We went over it the other day here on WIP Daily. Look at the numbers for the Eagles against the Patriots, and they're bad. I mean, the Eagles were outplayed in almost every facet of the game except turnovers, which is obviously a big one, but they were outplayed in this game. They, uh, according to the luck rankings on Action Network, which is an interesting uh, site, especially if you're, if you're into gambling and, and making picks, you know, after every week, they kind of update the luck rankings based on how did you play, take results aside, just how did you play. The Eagles were the luckiest team based on their record, which is obviously 1-0, versus the way they played. And most of the issues were on the offensive side of the football. The Eagles didn't move the ball. I mean, to have four straight possessions in the second quarter out of first down is ridiculous considering how good this offense was last year, the talent they're supposed to have. Uh, I think we saw some issues with their tackles, specifically Jordan Mailata, the offensive line. Jalen Hurston, see the field particularly well, missed some guys that were obviously open. Tony Romo pointed that out. But the the part that I am stuck on, and I need to see evidence to the contrary to, to make me change my mind on this or stop wondering about it, is did Bill Belichick figure something out here? Did he give the blueprint to the rest of the NFL on this is how you play the Eagles offense? This is how you play the RPO. This is how you play Jalen Hurts. And before you say it's just one game, it's just one game. We are literally talking about the defensive mind in the NFL, the best defensive mind in the history of pro football and save all the comments about him being a cheater and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. I mean, that that's obviously some of that is, is proven, but as a defensive mind over four decades now, Bill Belichick has done things like this. And we can go back to 1990 when he shut down then the most explosive offense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, the running gun and Jim Kelly. You go to 2001 and what he did against the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, that Rams offense and that team was really never the same after that. 
after winning the Super Bowl in, in 99. They were just not the same after what Belichick did to them. I thought he did it to the Colts and Peyton Manning. Now, that they figured it out over time and got back to a very high level and won a Super Bowl, but he was kind of the first one to slow down the Peyton Manning Colts when nobody else in the world could do it. And then you go more recently to the Rams, and that's the one that I think is probably the most interesting because he gave the NFL the blueprint on how to stop the Rams with McVay and Goff, and they never really recovered. I mean, they were fine. It wasn't like they became a two-win football team, but that duo and that offense was never as good as it was in 2018 after what he did to them in the Super Bowl. He gave the NFL the blueprint. This is how you play it. And obviously that marriage dissipated and it's fine. You know, McVay had success without Goff and Goff's down with success without McVay. But that that combination never really reached those heights again because Belichick showed the NFL, this is how you play them. And I'm wondering if that's what we saw a little bit of on Sunday and how the Eagles adjust. Just a couple things stand out to me. So we got a, a, you know, a quote here from A.J. Brown that I thought was was alarming. He said, quote, I don't think we were not prepared, but I just think he was throwing, and he means Belichick is he, so many curveballs, it was hard to adjust. So you have that, right? You have a player literally saying we couldn't figure out how to do something different compared to what they were doing. Jalen Hurts was obviously out of sorts in terms of what he was seeing on the field. They were throwing a lot at him. Brian Baldinger put up a video on Twitter where he broke down how they had a five-man front. They called it a bear front. It's like a football technical term, a bear front, five-man front, cutting off all the lanes, possible lanes for running, and then swooping a defensive back or a linebacker around, basically taking away the RPO because there's a guy in each gap on the line. And then if Jalen decides to keep the ball, which he's probably going to do because there's no hole for the running back, they're swooping a defensive back or a linebacker. And I think that's why you saw a lot of, those plays where, you know, last year he would run Jalen and he would get to the outside and get six, seven, eight yards and then get out of bounds. On Sunday, they were like one or two yards and he would just slide down. They were just basically nothing plays and a waste of time. So the RPO game really was ineffective on Sunday. And I think that was probably more to do with the scheme and how Belichick played it than anything else. And then you go back to last year. I think it was week one. It was early in the season, maybe week three or four. But early last season, I'm watching Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, who does obviously a really good job on, on breaking down offensive quarterbacks. He talked about how out of the empty formation, when it's just Jalen Hurts back there at a shotgun, the Eagles were unstoppable because they had such good receivers on the outside that if you manned up Jalen Hurts, you know, if you manned up to stop those guys, they could either beat you down the field or if you turn your back to Jalen Hurts, he could run. There was really no way to defend them against empty. And then on Sunday – when the Eagles were in that kind of formation, they did a couple of times, Belichick blitzed the Eagles. He blitzed. The Eagles, as we saw in the Super Bowl last year, Spagnola did this. They don't really have many hot reads within this offense. So the, the offense tends to be, if it's a blitz and there's more blitzers than blockers, Jalen, you got to make someone miss and you got to run because there's no time. So on Sunday, we saw more of that where the Eagles – went empty a few times, and Belichick blitzed it. And there wasn't a quick enough reaction between Hurts, his receivers, built-in hot routes, and all of a sudden it was like, he's got to run, and they had it covered. And they were able to get him before he could go anywhere. So I, as I watched the game, and I watched the Eagles slog through the game, and we all did, and the stats weren't good, we could chalk this up to just being week one. We can. We're going to do that. It's going to make everyone feel better. But because of who it was, because it was Bill Belichick, it makes me wonder, what did we just watch there? 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Like, did we watch just an off day by the Eagles offense or did we watch the blueprint being given to the NFL by a guy who's done this? I mean, basically every five or 10 years, he takes the best offense in the league or one of the best offense in the league and he finds a way to stymie it and show the rest of the league how to do it. Now, if that's the case, the Eagles have to adjust back and quickly. Thursday night, they're taking on Brian Flores, the Minnesota Vikings. Flores, of course, used to work with Belichick. I mean, he, he is part of the Belichick tree. If anyone can watch the film from Sunday and say, okay, this worked against what the Eagles do both in the RPO game and then when it's a third and long or whatever, the empty game. So I think there was issues on both ends. I, you know, you could also bring up, and I think it's fair to bring up, that the Eagles didn't execute. There were plays to be made as, as much as that game was not a good one on the offensive end. You change a couple plays, and these are just more execution than they are coaching or or skill or, or any of that stuff. And, and the stats look a lot better. I mean, like the bomb down the field to A.J. Brown, which should have been a catch. I mean, it almost was a catch. They fell strike through the red flag. That's a 50-yard play. So, you know, I'll pull up Jalen Hurts' numbers right now. But you go through his numbers, and it wasn't like he played awful in this football game. He just didn't play good enough. And if you change one or two plays, maybe we're not having this conversation. You know, so the Eagles obviously put 25 on the board, 18 on the offensive end. Uh, the one touchdown there was on defense. But so Jalen was 22 with 33, which is a 66% completion percentage. He had 170 yards passing, 5.2 per attempt there. A touchdown, no picks. His pass rating was 89 point, you know, whatever it was, 89.2. Not good, but also not horrendous. We saw like, I don't know, 10 worst performances by pretty good quarterbacks in the NFL this weekend. You throw the fumble in, the sacks, his QBR was 36, one of his lowest ones in two years. So it wasn't a good Jalen Hurts performance. It also wasn't like ghastly. It just was not what we expected and not what last year was. Again, if A.J. makes that catch, he's at, what, 220 yards on 68%, 67% completion, and everyone probably isn't feeling like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I just see? But it doesn't change the fact that the run game wasn't very good. The quarterback run game wasn't very good. The out of empty, they weren't very good. So there was a lot there that I think is cause for concern moving forward. And my antenna's up that Belichick gave the blueprint. Now, it doesn't mean the season's over. It doesn't mean the Eagles can't recover. They just have to adjust back if this is what the league is going to do to them now. Because clearly what New England did worked. I mean, I, I would think the ability to figure out an option in the pass game against a, a blitz against, you know, when the Eagles are empty, that shouldn't be like rocket science here. Have a hot route, have something 
for Jalen, like a check he can make where if he sees it, he can signal to whether it be Devontae or AJ or whoever he has in the slot, hey, we're coming to you on an inside route or a slant or whatever it's going to be just to get the ball to my hands quickly. Like that shouldn't be rocket science, even though the Eagles don't do enough of that against the Blitz. It's the ability for the Patriots to make that RPO game look very pedestrian. That's what got me on, on Sunday because – that's the bread and butter of the Eagles offense. That, that's it. That, that's where it all comes off of the RPO game on first and second down. And if they don't have that or it's being taken away to an extent, it's going to change this offense and how they go about things. Tucker, what, what do you think on this? As um, the Eagles offense had probably their worst game in a couple of years. And I know it's Belichick, but I just I wonder if he gave teams the blueprint on this is how you stop the RPO. Yeah, it's certainly worrisome. And I think, you know, the way he stopped the RPO, um, the way he blitzed Jalen Hurts more, and I think that might be a league-wide thing. I, I looked it up earlier this week. I think like seven teams last year blitzed at a 30% rate in 2022. 13 teams blitzed at a 30% rate um, in week one. So I just wonder if that's kind of going to be a, a league-wide thing to try and stop passing offenses. We, we kind of see cycles go through. Everyone started playing those deep two-man shells and last year's quarterbacks, you know, really uh, attacked opposing defenses underneath. I wonder if this is kind of the next step in that evolution is, is you know, defensive coordinators are, are going to start blitzing more. And Jalen Hurts kind of struggled against the blitz. See, he struggled against the blitz last year. He, he struggled against the blitz um, uh, against Bill Belichick and the Patriots on Sunday. And Jason Kelsey was on the, the WFP morning show, and he said they saw some things in the tape and they haven't figured out. But – I certainly worry because I, I we don't know when Nick Sirianni's counterpunch is, right? Because last time this offense was stagnant, what was the solution? It was giving the reins to Shane Steichen and kind of letting him run free. And now Shane Steichen's coaching for the Indianapolis Colts, right? He's not in the building anymore. So after one week, it might be a Bill Belichick thing, but maybe it's a Nick Sirianni thing. Maybe it's a Brian Johnson thing. Like there are so many variables after one week, but it, it is worrisome because I, I think the guy that most people trust to have figured this out and come up with a new scheme and a new counterpunch to the things the Patriots did that, that shut them down. He isn't around anymore. He, he's not in the building. So I, I look at what they did on, on Sunday and it certainly was not all inspiring. It, it wasn't encouraging for, for the rest of the season. You obviously have hope based on what we saw from Jalen Hurts last year, that, that he can figure everything out. But from what I saw from, from that offense, what I saw from Brian Johnson's play calling I am a little worried because if they don't show up on Thursday night against Minnesota and Brian Flores, I mean, we've seen it before. It happened with Chip Kelly. It happened with Doug Peterson. Like the last two coaches that this team had, when opposing defenses figured out their offense, they struggled to come up with a counterpunch. And that's why their their reigns as Philadelphia Eagles head coach was so short. Well, and, and the other part that makes it worrisome, and I, I'm with you on that, Tucker, that it's, it's, it could be a problem, and Flores is not going to be easy to go against Thursday. Now, look, the Patriots have good players, really good players in that defense. They think it's an underrated personnel group, so not every team will be able to do it as well as New England did it to them. But the other thing is, let's be real about the reality of the Eagles' defense right now. Their safety position is very thin, and, and, and frankly, not very good. I mean, their best is Reed Blankenship. The guy's an undrafted free agent a year ago. Their linebacker core right now, Zach Cunningham was atrocious in pass coverage. I mean, he couldn't cover anybody. It's him and Christian Ellis right now with Morrow next up and a guy that they just signed off the street. And I mean, more guys off the street. So, and obviously James Bradbury, concussion protocol as, as we do this podcast. So the defense, 
we're going to have to give this thing some time to figure itself out. New coordinator, new pieces. The defensive line should be excellent, especially because Jalen Carter looks like he's going to be a star. Jordan Davis finally looked like a first-round pick. But they need the offense to carry its weight. This, this defense can be good enough. I think they could be a top 12 to 15 unit, maybe maybe top 10 to 15, but I got 12 is in my head right now. And that's fine if you have a top five offense. They have a top five to seven offense. They'll win a lot of games with that combination. If this offense isn't where it needs to be and they slip to, I don't know, 10, 12, 15, that's not enough. I mean, that's that's a recipe for 10 and seven more than it is for 13 and four. Like that's that's a different kind of football team. So they need the offense to be what we expect so the defense can take time especially with the young guys, to figure itself out and gel and maybe how he makes a move on that side of football before the trade deadline. But they need the offense to be the offense. This game on Thursday could be a shootout. I am not. I don't think the defense, after 80 snaps on Sunday, is going to just shut down Kirk Cousins like last year. This could be a shootout. They need the offense to figure it out and quick because it does feel like Bill Belichick gave the league a blueprint that that's how you could do it to slow that offense down. Appreciate everyone watching, listening, of course, subscribing to WIP Daily. We'll back tomorrow, of course, to get ready for another Eagles game and, of course, talk some Phillies as uh, they try to get avoid getting the Division One on them here in Philadelphia by the Braves today. Everyone, thank you for listening, subscribing. We'll talk soon right here on WIP Daily.